0: Welcome to the Thundercast, your martial athletics podcast produced by the fans, for the fans, with your hosts, Russ Livingood and KD Hudnall. We're bringing you the thundering word on the thundering herd each and every week. So keep it right here. The Thundercast is on the loose. Thanks for downloading another episode of... The Thundercast, brought to you by 304carwreck.com. It's been a yeah, so, so busy week in herd athletics, but uh, the gang's back together this week. Russ, Russ has returned from his much-needed vacation, uh, a little more suntanned, a little more relaxed, and uh, ready to hit the ground running. So we've got a full slate. Uh, we decided to open up the mailbag this week. We're going to answer some of our listener questions and social media posed questions from – the fans of <clears throat> Marshall athletics. It should be an interesting episode. We haven't uh, discussed these amongst ourselves leading into the show. So you're going to get our, you know, our raw reaction to these, uh, these questions being answered. Um, but before we dive into all of that, let's get a quick word from our sponsors, 304 car If you've been hurt in a wreck, visit 304 car on the web or on Facebook. Jason and Matt are experienced injury lawyers in Huntington who practice throughout West Virginia, Ohio, and Kentucky. They can't protect you from bad drivers, but they will make sure you're treated fairly by the insurance companies. Find them at 304carrec.com. Russ, it's good to have you back joining me again this week. I appreciate Trace Johnson for stepping in last week, filling your shoes. We had a pretty cool episode, talked about a little fun stuff about, you know, the NCAA football video game that'll be coming out at some point and what we'd like to see in that so we di- we just we just kept the mood light for a little bit but it's uh it's good to have you back i'm glad you got to uh unwind a little bit hit the reset button a little bit and now you're back in town and um ready to do rust type stuff once again um so welcome back first off And it's tough to come back, but (laughs) here I am. You know, I used to say that every time we would vacation down here in Florida, I would say, man, it gets harder and harder to go back. And well, we moved here. (laughs) (laughs) But um, so look, let's start it off like we always started off and give me five things that every herd fan needs to know this week. All right. Here are five things
1: every herd fan needs to know brought to you by Ignite Link, the tri-state's premier IT management team. Number one, Allie Harrell. She won the 2022 Senior Class Award for Division One
0: softball. Huge. Yeah, very huge. And I saw Marshall tweet out like it's the first athlete from Marshall ever to win ever. this award. We've had a few finalists in the in past years, but uh, when you're the first ever to do it, ever, it's pretty big deal. And you know, we've talked about Allie. A, a number of times and and the force that she is on the softball field. And if this mm-hmm. doesn't drive home what she is off of the field as well, then I'm not sure that you just really are paying attention to what, what all this uh, lady does in the world of herd athletics.
1: And am I thinking correctly? She won the warrior award this year as well.
0: That I would not be a hundred percent on right off the bat, but uh, it would not surprise me.
1: You remember the the award. uh, We talked about it on the show. uh, The softball award. uh, I think it's called the Warrior Award. Yeah.
0: The the, uh, Emily Cooper Warrior Award.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, it may have been her. I'm just saying I don't recall if it was her.
1: I'm fairly certain it was if it wasn't, you know, uh, sorry for getting it wrong, but I think that it was and I think. What a year! What know, a year on the field. Yeah, on the field with the with the stats and everything, but also you know racking up some of these awards. First time ever at anything is huge news. Don't care what it is. So, uh, big props to Allie.
0: Yeah, uh, it was cool that you, I don't know if you caught it because you know you were uh, taking it easy for the week and probably kind of logged off of social media for a big part of that. And and, and I get that. But if you didn't see it, uh, you know, Heard Softball put out a nice little video that Coach Megan Smith was talking about Allie. Her, some of her teammates were talking about Allie and how appreciative they are and how great she is. And, you know, you could tell that uh, she holds a special place in a lot of hearts and for a lot of uh, of her teammates and coaches. So, you know, again, you just can't say enough good things about the some of the athletes that we have here that uh, continually just do, seemingly do everything the right way. And it's nice when people like that athletes like that uh people like that uh finally get a little bit of recognition even if they don't feel like they deserve it you know what i mean like they're so selfless they're like oh don't put the spotlight on me you know i'm just but no it's really good when when folks like that get a little bit of shine uh you you just love to see that
1: oh yeah um number two adam williams is named assistant basketball coach will be uh Filling uh, the slot that opened up
0: when Tamar Slay left. Um, Adam Williams, former player, former uh, you know, um, what do you call it? A GA, I think it was. No, yeah, or something of that nature. Been around, been around at a couple of stops so far. Coached under Donnie Jones. The the uh, eh, take him for what you want. However you view Donnie these days, but former herd coach left on whatever terms you want to put to it but uh you it adam, <laughs> adam has made his way back to back home and uh great man i'm just like awesome hire um you love it we we said it when when tamar got the job you love it when herd athletes get to come back home and 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 do good things you know for the herd once again so this is just cool to me
1: yeah, he was here from 2007 to 2009 as a player. He went on, uh, you know, to to be on the bench as we talked, you know, as a GA. He uh, had a stop uh, amongst a couple, but um, he had a stop at Salem and took over a program. I think I, it was rough trying to read. Like you said, I was kind of logged out, logged off. But um, I think they had like four wins the year before, and he led them to turn around um big pedigree his dad uh, is familiar to a lot of herd fans around here text and um west virginia guy uh his wife is also from here in west virginia so get them coming back big difference between him and tomorrow is he does already have some coaching at the collegiate level under his belt both as an assistant and as a head coach yeah. and uh one thing that i really like about this is um the youth you know it um uh, it lowers a uh a pretty aged up coaching staff it it lowers that uh that age down a little bit and having someone you know a little younger for the players to relate to. I think that's kind of big in today's game.
0: Yeah, I mean, we talk about that all the time when you're talking about coaching, <laughs> hires, and football and how important it is to have guys on the staff that are not are not only phenomenal teachers of the game, but they have the ability to relate. They know what's relevant with, you know, the yeah. players that they're actually coaching or the players they're trying to recruit. It's, it's just unbelievably important to have those type of guys – that uh, can check all those boxes. So I think this is a great hire by Dan D'Antoni. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll obviously see how, of course, it plays out. But he's got a good resume. He's, he's a Marshall guy. He's a West Virginia guy. And I'm going to say from the legendary Williams basketball family. So, you know, you, you, I mean, it's check, 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 check. There's, there's not too much not to like about this. Um, the circumstances that surround it might not be the greatest with the, you know, the quick turnaround of Tamar here and Tamar gone. And now it's, um, Adam, but anyway, you slice it, it it's, it's a excellent, I don't even want to call it a rebound hire because that's not really what it is. It's, but yes. you know, what a great guy to bring in, you know, when you have to find somebody that can do the job for you, this is a great hire in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I think it would have been a, a good initial hire. Oh, yeah. It would have been ju- just as received. And, you know, with the accolades and the resume that we've talked about here, you know, makes it look like a very good home run, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, it has the potential to be a real home run hire for sure.
1: Yeah. Uh, number three, we talked about it briefly uh, in a previous episode, but the coaches' tour has uh, three different stops this week. So we wanted to bring them up. Uh, Tuesday they'll be in Princeton, Thursday in Putnam County, and Saturday in that MGM uh, counties. You got Megs, Gallia, and Mason uh, in that uh, Point Pleasant, Gallupless area. Oh.
0: So not Las Vegas, not not the MGM.
1: <laughs> you know I'll have to check my notes, but okay. I don't think that's where they're going to well, be.
0: Well, would <laughs> would you check and see if they added a late stop down here in Saint Petersburg, like I asked for a few? You- we see, i mean that i mean florida and you know it's july or it's I'll gonna be in. gonna maybe in july florida in july it'd be all right
1: i'll call in a favor thanks I appreciate, I, I appreciate <laughs> that
0: i appreciate that
1: but no these coaches tours uh if you're in those areas uh thursday for instance uh this is still pretty local for everybody but they're going to be at the fireside grill you know just to cherry pick one of these stops um there'll be bowling in, uh, in the MGM counties, uh, it, go to these, if you're in that area, get to kind of talk to, listen to these coaches, bring you just a little bit closer to the programs. Uh, you know, let's say you're going just because you want to hear coach Huff, you're going to get to hear, you know, grassy and some other people talk and you might hear something like, Hey, I really want to start following that that program you know uh kind of the same thing that we're getting noted for here from some of our uh, our social media interaction uh you'll get that same there it's like well i'm going for this but you know even though that's my main course i'm getting a lot of these side dishes here that's peaking my interest so if you're in those areas make sure you go
0: Yeah. And if, I mean, if you're going to go, it's, and you're not a big green member, it's probably going to be pretty easy to join the big green at a big green coaches tour stop. So,
1: um,
0: again, we, you know, we talk about it all the time. It doesn't take a lot of money. You know, you give what you can five bucks a month, 10 bucks a month. I mean, I waste more money than that on streaming services that I don't ever watch, which, causes me to reevaluate where I need to be allocating my money to be honest with yeah. you. <laughs> so yeah, get out there. I mean, some of these stops like in, in Putnam County, I mean, you're, nobody's too far away from Putnam County in the Charleston That's right. region. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. a little bit of a jaunt towards Taze Valley and, you know, catch the coaches tour stop. So
1: yeah. And we've got a lot of fans in that area too anyway. So
0: yeah. And if you plan on going, then call a buddy and, you know, bring them along with you. Maybe you can uh, get somebody else to join the big green. Maybe you get somebody to go in on those uh, family four pack season tickets so that you can uh, cash in on that $99 deal. See, we're, 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 we're helping here. We're helping. Excellent
1: point. (laughs) That's a, that is Uh, number four service wire donates $1 million to the new Brad Smith college of business along fourth Avenue. Now, this is not athletics related. It's strictly for the College of Business, but it is nice and something we wanted to bring up that a local uh, deep-rooted business in this area has a relationship with Marshall and that, that we're doing that. Yeah. And we hope that we can replicate that in athletics as well.
0: So it's not athletics related, but it is athletics related, right? Because we talk about these programs of study that's that Marshall's putting in place. And hopefully down the line, that leads to, um, you know, donors that have potential, let's say potential donors that have, you know, higher earning careers, and that gives them a little bit more disposable income so that maybe then they turn around and become a higher tiered big green member. Is it Mm -hmm. athletics related today? No, but could it, could this very well be athletics related a decade from now? Absolutely. And, Absolutely. You know, and I talked about this last week when with Trace is I, I mentioned the open house for the um, the flight school's uh, maintenance te- technology program coming up. Mm-hmm. I guess I think it was last weekend, maybe or this past weekend.
1: Uh, it was uh, June
0: the fourth. It was yeah. uh, it was Saturday. Yeah. So the we 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 should be bringing up things like this because mm-hmm. if that's something that a listener is li- is listening to or maybe a you know a listener's dad who ha- is a is his son or daughter's in high school and they're like man I I, di- I really didn't know that that happened and my kid's really interested in business maybe we need to take a harder look at you know what the college of business is doing at marshall and the next thing you know bam you got a student there that was on the fence about going, and bam! Now you got another butt in the seat at a football game, and bam! Now you got a rabid fan five or six years from now that becomes a big green member. This stuff is all relevant.
1: And you know, one of the reasons that I did want to include this as an important thing uh, of the five things is we have been talking about these waiting lists of potential businesses and suites. Yep. And if somebody's going to drop a million dollars, they're going to get a sweet business school. (laughs) Do you think that they'd be able to afford, you know, uh, bump it up just slightly more and get, get, you know, a suite? Um, I would, I
0: would tend to believe that they're on the list.
1: (laughs) Yeah. They're not the only, uh, only a business in town that has a relationship with Marshall. Yeah. Uh, we hope that there are new businesses uh, that will be growing under the, you know, the current regime that they'll reach out to some more people. We've got some businesses moving into the area. That's pretty exciting. So, you know, hopefully we can replicate this not only all throughout campus, but on our uh, athletic programs as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat>
1: all right number five on a personal level uh for us tailgates just got a lot cooler for Ah. the thundercast okay and a couple of things uh we don't want to let all the cats out of the bags but we'll touch on it briefly um our partner uh ignite link that is sponsoring this segment every week five things every herd fan needs to know they are also partnering with us to do something very cool that we will announce closer to football season uh for the tailgates and uh as we get closer we'll you know relay more of this stuff but it is very very cool i'm looking forward to it but that's not all we uh We have reached out and uh, formed a partnership with a uh, local restaurateur uh, that is uh, very uh, popular in the area, and uh, they're going to help us uh, with some catering and things like that, and uh, we hope to have all of our fans at least drop by, grab something to eat, say hello, talk a little football with us at the tailgates. I just wanted to put this on here so you and I could talk about our tailgate spot, you know, and, and what we hope, you know, where it's going to be that sort of thing.
0: Well, yes, this is a, a pseudo personal five thing, right? But it's also a listener five thing because anybody sure. that listens is going to be welcome to come over to these tailgates. And if you're a little bit hungry, you'll be more than welcome to fill up a plate. If you're kind of parched, you'll be more than welcome to, Relieve your thirst. And, you know, if you if you want to shoot the breeze with us for a little bit, then we absolutely hope that you do. So this yeah. is not just for us. This is for you guys too. We continually ch- are trying to do things to make the fan experience even better. And yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's selfishly or unselfish, however you want to look at it. It's by us doing that, our experience for us as personal experience and my personal experience are also going to be enhanced But that's not the goal. The goal is to make it more fun, make more people want to go to a game and, you know, come and see us and come and see everybody else that's hanging out there and just have a good time right before kickoff or, you know, a lengthy time before kickoff. We don't care. And um, and then head into the game and, and watch the herd kick some tail. So, yeah, if you want to give some of the details now so people can start, you know, like, okay, where's this spot at? Let me find that on the map, and I need to know, you know, so I'm planning my spots. I mean, we mentioned that last week on the show. I said to Trace that there were, you know, we were now then less than 100 days to herd football. So start making mm-hmm. those, uh, you know, making those plans. Join the Big Green, buy your season tickets. Start prepping those tailgate menus and figuring out where you're going to go and all that stuff. So if one of those stops on your preparations is the Thundercast tailgate, where do they need to go?
1: All right. We are in the East lot. And for anyone that is not familiar, the major parking lot off the of 20th street is the West lot. So it's on the other side of the stadium uh, in between the Chris Klein athletic complex and the practice indoor practice facility and the stadium. There is a singular row of parking spots we're parking spot number 34 we're closer to the alley we're right behind wendy's that sort of thing we're we're not right on the alley we're about 15 spots in um you can't get much closer uh it's a good spot to stand around not have to worry about traffic coming in and out because again there's only one row uh there's a lot of kids that'll be over there throwing uh football um the band and the cheerleaders, you know, come right out of the complex by there. It's a, it's a good spot, man. It's a little more low key than, you know, being able to go around to 500 different tailgate spots as, as you can on the West lot, but make sure that you divert yourself over to the East lot for at least five to 10 minutes. doesn't matter if you're a herd fan or if you're listening right now, from some of our new Sunbelt friends that have been reaching out to us. Make sure to stop by. It'll be a friendly place to come by, get fed, uh, get some uh, drinks, and a little bit of sports uh, fellowship and ragging on each other. If you're, uh, <laughs> you know, from a from a, I don't know, App State, Louisiana, you know, all coastal, our home home uh, home slate this year, if you're a fan of that team there'll be, there'll be some jabs thrown, but you'll also get your belly full.
0: Yeah. I mean, you're going to get your legendary nationally acclaimed martial hospitality, right? And how many times have I said this? We're going to be your friend before kickoff. We're going to hate your guts for three hours between the whistles. And then we're going to be your best friend again after the game, win or lose. So that's just what you can expect in Huntington. Uh, That's (laughs) just how it is. You know, we, and, uh, Make sure that the E slot is a part of your stop on game day. And, yes, we will talk about this every week during the season so that people are continually reminded. But uh, that's pretty cool news. That's not one that I was aware of, by the way. This one was one that uh, I learned in real time uh, just before the show, and then we just talked about it. So that was cool news for me to find out, too. Uh, You know, I, I told you guys and Russ that I'm planning on hopefully being able to get back for two games. So Barring any roadblocks that I that I are unforeseen, you know, I'll get to be at two of these tailgates, so this will be pretty fun for me as well. But uh, this is big news. I'm I'm glad you're able to pull this together, and you know, we're not done here. We're we're trying to do more. So um, if if you're interested in what we might be trying to do, then uh, DM us or something. You know, like we we can. If you're interested in a little bit of a partnership with one of our tailgates, one of the games or something like that, hit us on Twitter in the DMs and we can talk about what we're trying to do and what we have loaded and locked and ready to go. And uh, this is an excellent opportunity for like local businesses or something like that that want to get their name out there that don't want to drop a lot of coin to, you know, maybe be able to sponsor a really fun event. Right. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe uh, we can put our heads together and get something out here that works. But for right now, we're going to do it. Regardless, (laughs) Regardless, <laughs> it's going to be fun, regardless.
1: Absolutely. And uh, I i don't think anyone will be disappointed when we actually drop the details. I think uh, there will be a lot of excitement. Yeah. Well, that wraps up the five things every herd fan needs to know, brought to you by Ignite Link. So, uh, let's move on to the mailbag.
0: Yeah, let's move on to the mailbag. But before we crack this bad boy open, I got to say this was probably the most drama free five things that we've had in quite a while. And boy, doesn't <laughs> it feel good? <laughs> it does. I, you know. It does feel good. So let's crack open the mailbag. Uh, we had some cross platform posting, right? So we had some questions come in from our Facebook groups or our uh, Facebook followers. We had uh, many questions come in from our Twitter followers. So we're going to try to answer as many of them as we can, because, you know, this isn't going to be a two hour long session or anything like that. But um, there are so we got some really good questions. We're not going to run yeah. from any of them. And, uh, you know, you're going to get kind of what we actually feel. So um, we, yeah. haven't, we haven't talked about these again. These are all f- live, live in real time. I have no idea what Russell's is going to say. He has no idea what I'm going to say. And I have no clue which questions he has decided that, you know, we were going to be able to fit in. Cause they just kept coming in. So,
1: yeah. And if, if you got the question in before we started uh, recording the show, we're going to talk about it. Yeah. I, I don't think that there's any that we are lopping off uh, because I think we'll have time to talk about them all. Okay. So let's hit it. Uh, first one here comes from Larry short on uh, Facebook messenger. He said, uh, whatever happened to the guy uh, that br- led the team, out on the motorcycle with Marco on the back of it. And when did Marshall stop doing that? Was it 2014? Um, I'll let you go ahead and talk about that. And then I'll throw my thoughts in as well.
0: Well, I mean, most folks are going to know that that, uh, I don't, I can't, I can't recall a guy's last name right off the top of my head. Ben,
1: Benji Steele.
0: Steele, that's right. I knew that. That was Benji Steele. He used to run, own Benji's Harley Davidson shop right down there on Fourth and Fourth. And um, I used to live Caddy corner from it. I saw it every day, you know, and um, I don't know exactly what year it ended. I don't know why it really ended. Um, but, you know, some people enjoyed that some people kind of thought it was a little hokey. Um, but I can't speak to why or, or when it ended. I don't know if there was some sort of fallout or the exact year or anything, or if he was just like, yeah, I'm kind of done with that, you know, but those of you that follow such things, Harley fans and local uh, Harley enthusiasts will know that it's, hasn't been Benji's Harley Davidson shop for a long time. Um, 20,
1: 2007 uh, is when he sold it to uh, Charlie Cole.
0: Yeah. Uh, so it's been so. Charlie's Harley's like Russ since 2007. So Um, I would say that even after he sold the shop, he was doing the entrance for the herd. He was, he was, he was still doing it. And, uh, you know,
1: Larry brought it up, Larry, we don't know for a hundred percent that it was 2014. Um, I didn't have time to research it. Uh, sorry, my feet were in the sand, but, uh, I I think it was around that time. And what I remember is we wanted to revamp our entrance and that's when we did something that was a little closer to what Michigan does with the M club banner and coming out and doing that. And, and they just kind of revamped it. Um, I, I think it was basically just a, Hey, let's switch things up. Yeah. Now we have since switched it up again from that, but um I I think it was one of those things that it just kind of went away.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, I I would say it felt like it ran its course. It was cool for a little while. And then everybody was like, we just need to freshen up. We need something new, you know? And um, I never particularly felt one way or the other about it. I didn't think it was overly cool. I didn't think it was overly lame. I just felt like, okay, this is what we do. You know, it wasn't. And I guess to that point, it wasn't something that got me like, jazzed up you know and like ready to sure ready to run um i always got more excitement from the guys running through the fog coming out of the building than i did the motorcycle taking off so you know whatever um it it was what it was it was here and it was gone and you know it was cool for a little bit and it was just probably fell victim to a refresh
1: yeah and i'm going to throw on my speculation hat just for a second that uh it probably helps our field turf Oh yeah. To not, to not have that, you know, uh, I'm not saying he was, you know, doing donuts or anything like that, but, you know, uh, making any kind of turns and stuff like that is probably not what that field is designed for. I know that we, you know, get carts on there uh, from time to time to take the players off and all that. But, um, before we move on to the next question, I just want to say really quick, this reminded me and, uh, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about, but you know, some of the different things pregame that we've done over the years is that early nineties, I've talked to you about it a long time. I was up here before I went to school, Mm -hmm. the Alan Young, Dr. Alan Young as Marco and the different theatrics that he would do before the games and get the opposing mascot to kind of play along with it and all that. I miss that, man. Yeah, I really do. And our older listeners that saw that, they're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. And one in particular, I I use it as the example all the time. You know exactly what I'm going to say. (laughs) So what am I going to say?
0: Terminator Marco, man.
1: Terminator Marco in 91. uh, T2 was getting ready to come out. And uh, he, you know, put aluminum foil and a red <laughs> eye over half of his face, and he rode a bicycle and had the, you know, the sawed off shotgun on the back of his, uh, you know, across his back on with a leather jacket on, and he chased down the opposing uh, uh, mascot.
0: mascot.
1: <laughs> it, it's things like that, man. Uh, Alan Young actually won the mascot championship. Uh, it was awarded in 92, but he finished first overall. That's uh, that's how good he was doing that. So
0: I miss that. So look, at the 90s everything is all the rage right now. So it's time maybe for Marshall to bring back theatrical Marco to whatever's relevant in music, whatever's relevant on TV and in pop culture. Let's just put it in pop yeah. culture every week. I mean, new conference. Now's the time to just do it right Now's the time to do it. Have a little fun Absolutely. again. We're in the freaking fun belt. So let's have yeah. a little fun. Let, let's have Marco step his game up a little bit and, and put a little more fun back into, you know, game days for the herd. Cause I mean, Terminator, Marco, just like, if you didn't see it, which I didn't see it live, but I'm picturing it, you know, just a clump of aluminum foil and like some kind of red eye, yeah. just just like the Arnold Schwarzenegger character, and he gets like half his face blown off, and it's the robot underneath. I mean, and he came out pedaling a bicycle <laughs> instead of riding a motorcycle. I mean, it, it,
1: the the entire thing was great, man, and you know, it, it was just it was you would have had to have seen it.
0: So you just unlocked a core memory for probably. A lot of people who hadn't yeah. thought about that in years and now they're thinking, yes, that's what I want to see again. Yeah, so yes. all of you people that had that just
1: happen, I want you to hit us up on Twitter yes. with your best memories of that period with Marco. And let us know if there's something vivid in your head that, you know, Marco did this, Marco did that. And I know we're going to get a lot of people talking about him playing great balls of fire on the piano that (laughs) then was lit on fire. (laughs) Because it wasn't once or twice. I think that was a routine deal, you know, but a a kid um, getting ready to be a teenager going to martial games like I was at that time. Man, that was some exciting stuff.
0: That was cool. Yeah. Hit us on Twitter and let us know your favorite Marco uh, piece of theatrical masterpieceness, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, that's good. We need to do that right. again. I'd love to.
1: All right. Uh, this one came in over on Twitter. It's from our friend Brad Arvin and uh, says, do you think with the influx of talent that we have amassed since signing day, and through the portal that Marshall is back to where they were in the 90s to 2000s.
0: Um, I'm going to say no because we haven't won anything to start that big trajectory, right? If we were coming off of a, a conference USA win, winning championship winning season or a, you know, like a hard fought come from behind freaking bowl win against this Louisiana team that was really good. I would say maybe because you still have to sustain that for a couple of years. And I, like I said, I only say no because it hasn't happened yet. So we're, you know, if we're six months from now and you ask me that question, maybe I go, yeah, I think so. All the, all the blocks are there. And, you know, if if Marshall comes out and, and just dismantles every team, they're supposed to dismantle and Mm -hmm. beats a team like Notre Dame on the road. I think you can start to connect a few more of the dots and say, okay, we really got something here. But for right now, I I don't think you can say yes because they're not at that uh, winning level yet. They're not perennially winning, you know, nine and 10 games a year. And and they're competing for conference championships. At least they did in the conference USA, but you know, they're not winning them. And that's a, that's a big separator. That's a big separator. We're, you were competing deep in the playoffs in 1AA, winning a couple of national titles, losing in a couple of national title games. And then once you get to the MAC, you're winning conference titles. You're not just competing for them. You're winning them. So you've got to get a little bit of that before I can say yes. You've got to give me a couple of conference championships, uh, two, two and three years or something like that before I can go, yeah, yeah, we're, we're getting there now.
1: Yeah, my stance is the same. The jury is still out. You know, uh, at the end of this season, I would be able to answer this question much better than I I can right now. Uh, I think as fans, and it's not just Marshall fans, but fans of any, you know, professional team, uh, college, it's a little bit easier in college because we're getting recruitment and and stuff instead of taking people from college in, in the pros. But we tend to get overly excited for people that have yet to play it down. Yeah. And this is not a knock on you know Brad's question at all, because it's a very good question. But that's what we as fans tend to do. And I think it's way too early to have an opinion on it right now. But I will tell you, Brad, that in my opinion, what Huff has done is he has improved our size, top to bottom at every position, and he has drastically improved our depth. And that is getting us closer to where we were in those 90s, where you had, hey, you got a, an injury and it's next man up. Well, you better watch out because the next man up was a, a, a guy that could start on a lot of teams. Yeah, And I think that's where we're getting back to. So great great question, Brad. Uh, our official stance is jury's still out a little yeah, bit.
0: Yeah, jury's still out.
1: All right uh marshall sports fan i should have been throwing out the uh twitter handle yeah dude uh, just
0: do brad that's brad, the one you've missed yeah
1: yeah so brad is at brad 6454-9130 and uh the next came from marshall sports fan and it's at herd sports fan and the question was who is your favorite marshall football
0: player of all time and why uh nearly impossible question, right? Because uh, I don't, I mean, I have tons of all time favorites and it's so hard to narrow it down to one, but, um, and I don't even want to feel I feel like this is a cop-out because the guy is like the greatest, you know, but there's been so many great players, all timers that have come through. And I have, you know, a handful of, favorite defensive players a handful of favorite offensive players handful of special teamers even but it's I mean my favorite player of all time is Randy Moss you know it just he's he's generational talent I mean you you may never see another one like him ever and what
1: games go into those games live I mean they were just ridiculous a man amongst boys but but
0: before that you know I went to high school I went to DuPont and I saw Moss in high school I played it I played against him uh, in junior high in basketball. You know, I didn't play football. I played basketball. And uh, funny story, he bent the rim at our junior high in a – warm-ups in a game and they left the damn thing bent for the remainder of the school year they didn't even we didn't have breakaway rims he just bent the rim and and it stayed bent for the rest of our freaking basketball season and the school year but did you drop did you drop 30 on him yeah right (laughs) (laughs) like my son makes fun of me right because uh you know he he loved play basketball and everything and he'd always ask me stuff like "Uh, were you good at basketball i'd be like let me tell you what my role was. They'd be like, uh, Huddle, get in there and foul that guy. That was my yeah. role. Like, you got five fouls to use, and by God, we're going <laughs> to use them all. <laughs> so that was That's my role. Enough. But no, I was not, uh, I was not, you know, on the floor dropping uh, buckets, making it rain from long range. No, but Moss yeah. is my favorite all time player. I mean, the highlight tape is unbelievable. Yeah. And everybody has their favorite play or their favorite, like, Keith Morehouse and Sonny Randall call of a play that it doesn't matter that you've listened to it a million times every single time you get goosebumps, every single yeah. time your hairs yeah. raise raised up on your arms. I mean, the guy was just lightning in a bottle. And I don't know that you'll ever see a guy like that ever again um, in at Marshall. And I hope we do. I hope he's on the roster right now. But that's right, man. I mean, I know that's going to be a cop out to a lot of people, and that's cutting a lot of people off the list, because how do you not say Chad Pennington? How do you not say Byron Leftwich or Darius Watts or Rakeem Cato or Tommy Shuler or Devin Johnson or, you know, Chris Parker or whoever else you want to say, because they're all great and nobody's wrong if they have a different choice. Mine just happens to be Moss. Who's yours?
1: Well, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking that I'm going to say Randy Moss because he called me dog (laughs) once in college. Long time running joke. It actually (laughs) did happen. But uh, everything that you said is true. But my favorite uh, football player of all time at Marshall is actually Chad Pennington. And uh, I'm not saying that he was better or made it more exciting. But when... One, you know, I had journalism classes with Chad and, uh, um, I got to not know him as a friend or anything like that, but see that side of him and everything. You know, we, it was a very, very small class in journalism. I think there were 12 of us in there and he and I were a group together. Um, but that 99 season when Moss had, left and everyone was kind of writing us off and we've got a 13 and 0 season and that comeback that was just a miracle uh in the mac championship game (laughs) against western michigan uh just i've i've just not seen a leader or someone that just took over the entire team like him here Mm -hmm. at marshall Mm -hmm. now did he have the ungodly talent that moss did no because no one does but he's my favorite because of all the the stuff and it, i think a lot plays into it that he was here for 4 years doing that
0: he was here for 90, 95 6 7 8 9 5 years cuz and there's a lot to the, there's a lot off the field or from a team let me say from a teammate standpoint that you can love about Chad Pennington from the fact that he's a true freshman that comes in and plays for Marshall and takes him to a, you know, a one double a 1AA national title game. Yeah. They dropped that game, but he's a true freshman doing that. And then yeah. coming off the heels of that to take a red shirt so that Bob Pruitt can bring in Eric Kresser and they have that special undefeated 96 season, 15 and 0 and you're red shirting. You're, you're, yeah. you know, you're, you, you are, a big enough person to say, I- I'll do this. I- I'll take the risk. I don't know that that happens a lot in today's game. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And he, he needed to put on that size. And I think it
1: was just the best, uh, best for everybody, you know, for, for those of you that don't know the history, he was not supposed to play that 95 season. Uh, I'm thinking Larry Harris was the starting quarterback in, uh, uh yeah, 95. And uh, it was after Todd Donnan, you know, had a great career here. Uh, Larry Harris got injured, and then someone else got injured, and then Pennington came in, and I think it was his first game, if not one of the first games. He threw six interceptions. Mm -hmm. He was a true freshman in a true freshman's body. He was skinny. Um, You know, there was – he still – led us to that but i mean for him to get that year of seasoning and in the weight room and studying and all that stuff i think it was great for him it was obviously a a good fit for cresser to come in and start throwing it up to moss flinging it to moss (laughs) yeah (laughs) i feel like i always said i felt like i could have at least got us to
0: about 12 wins that (laughs) year (laughs) yeah I might have had 30 TDs, maybe 30 <laughs> interceptions too, but I mean, all you got to do is throw it as far as you can and let Moscow get it. But no, what I was saying is, you know, in the comparison of today's game, you know, maybe uh, a quarterback in that situation now is just like, man, I'm going to the portal. This, I went, I led us to, you know, a, a huge accolade and, and now, you know, you, you want me to sit. I don't want to sit. I want to play. I've proven I can. And it's just really easy to do that. Now, whether a player does or doesn't do that is, you know, I'm just speculating, but that that was a bigger hurdle in the mid-90s. You know, you drop – you you transfer, you're going to set a year, you're going to wait, and then all of a sudden you're, you know, you're a junior or whatever trying to get things going. But um, that aside, you know, you, he sticks around, he's, he's a leader, uh, a Rhodes Scholar finalist. I mean, all these things, I mean, all these just – killing it in the classroom, killing it on the field, killing it from a character standpoint, killing it from a leadership standpoint. I mean, that's why I'm saying you cannot go wrong by saying, Oh, my favorite player is Chad Pennington. Of course. I mean, he's one of the greatest for a reason. (laughs) Sure. I mean, gracious sake. So yeah. Also let us know on Twitter, who's your favorite player of all time and why? I mean, maybe you've got just a cool little story and it's some obscure player that somebody wouldn't normally pick as their favorite player, but, Maybe you've got a great story of why this, this particular player became your favorite. Hit us on Twitter. Let us know your, your favorite player of all time in a herd uniform. Doesn't even have to be a football player. Your favorite sure. athlete at Marshall ever. Let us know.
1: Michael Masidi, which is at Masiti Go herd, M-I-S-I-T-I go herd, says, What's a sport we've never had that you think would be a great addition to the MU athletic department? Michael is a couple of episodes behind, not all of our (laughs) listeners, uh, you know, and I'm not giving him a hard time. Uh, You know, not everyone has listened to, you know, all of them each week. Uh, We've got a lot of people that are just now going back, discovering us listening to one, two, three and, in in order and everything. But Michael, we discussed that in uh, episode nine uh, when we talked about uh, Marshall swim and dive uh, possibly going away. Uh, we don't think that's going to happen, but you know, as of right now, they don't have a spot in the Sunbelt. So we spun off that to have a good discussion about different sports. Uh, I don't know that we came up with a consensus. Uh, K D had a great one wrestling. Yeah. And, um, I felt like women's gymnastics was a good one as well.
0: Yeah, I, and the caveat to that is I don't know. He says a sport we've never had. Now, to his had. credit, I don't know if we've ever had a wrestling team. I don't know. We might have way back in the day or something. Like, I have no clue. Right. Uh, but still, that that caveat aside, my choice for a men's sport would be wrestling all day long, hands down. That's number one for me. I know you made the great point about having a men's track and field team because it wasn't that long ago that we had them. So that's also a good choice. If I'm picking a women's team, I would love to see them add something like lacrosse. Or I really think that a women's competitive rifle would be a, a, a cool sport to have at Marshall. I think that would be super cool to have. So I, I, I highly doubt we've ever had a lacrosse team in any capacity other than maybe a club sport. I highly doubt we've had a competitive rifle team in any capacity other than a club sport. Yes, we've had a track and field team for men. But I'm, I don't know about wrestling, but those are my four, my top two for each men's and women's, uh, if, if we had to add one.
1: Okay. Uh, back over on Facebook, Hokey Riley said, where is the baseball field? I'm going to approach this from two different ways that you could take that. Uh, one, if you're asking, you know, where did it get, you know, the site get moved to, it's going to be right behind the dot. Uh, you know in in that area over there uh, moving from the old BASF uh, parking lot on along Fifth Avenue where the original site was if you're asking where is it like why haven't we seen it yet that is a big sticking point for a lot of fans Mm -hmm. and all I can tell you is I, I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I will not sit here and say it will 100% get done and it'll get done on this day. I've got an amazing feeling about it and some of the things that have been discussed with me personally. Um, but I think that you're going to see ground being broken either later this year, if not early, early next year to get that timeline done by 2024. And it's not a situation of, well, you know, we want it done, let's do it. There's a lot that goes into it. There was a small little tract of land that we didn't own that kind of meandered through that uh, lot. And you know, then you've got to put it out to bid. And there's a lot goes into it once you get mm-hmm. all that settled. So uh, they're still going through some of the red tape. Some of the money has been allocated. Uh, I think you're gonna see some stuff really soon. I just wish that I could go ahead and hit you with that grand slam info yeah that that I have some of it, but I've also i can't fully disclose it. Some of it is things based on the nature of what I do for a a living you know
0: yeah uh where's the baseball stadium? I think that's a question that countless herd fans have asked themselves in whatever capacity that means to them. But that's mm-hmm. a good point. Where's it going to be? Yeah. Between the dot and the river, huge bunch of land back there and wherever they put it, I'm sure it'll be the best spot, but it's going to be in that general area of Huntington. Uh, but along with that, I just saw the news article the other day that uh, they expect the ACF property to be demolished in its entirety or whatever that was cleaned up. I don't know. might have just been fully demolished by the end of this month. So. Yeah. Uh, take that for what it's worth. I mean, you know, all of this stuff is kind of tied in together, you know? So um, as long as you keep seeing things like that and hearing a headline like that, and you know, these things that are semi-related, you got to think that the wheels of commerce are still turning. You know what I mean? When you stop seeing earth being moved, when you stop seeing activity in those areas, then maybe it might be time to raise an eyebrow, but until that happens, just have faith that the wheels are still moving and like russ there's so many processes and things that go on that unless you're a builder by nature like a like a professional commercial builder land developer you're not going to know about you're you're like i wouldn't know about all this has got to go out for bid or there's you know these boxes we have to get checked or this timeline that has to be fulfilled i just don't know about that you know for me i think well what the hell we want a baseball stadium we bought the land build the damn stadium but that's not as simple as it is it's just
1: not yeah and you you've got to you know with those bids that are coming in you've got to say you know here are the specs that we're going to have you know i don't know where we're at in that process if we have a certain drainage uh you know maybe the this site has different advantages than the other site to build in drainage because i don't know you know but there's a lot goes into it yeah uh I, i know that it's a A sticking point, like I said, for a lot of people, because how long have we been hearing this? How long time, long time decades have we been talking about it and there's nothing to show for it. So
0: here's the thing, right? You can't just go. You can't simply say, oh, here we go again, because it's it's a whole new bunch of leadership. Right. So you got to give them the benefit of the doubt. There is no way. That Christian Spears doesn't know that this is a high priority for a lot of fans. There is no way he doesn't know that. So you have to give him the benefit of the doubt and time to get it done, right? You it's just the have very to, first have to do thing that. that
1: he brought up, uh, you know, his first day when they introduced him and everything. Uh, after the pleasantries and everything, he said, "Now we need to go get a baseball field." See, yeah.
0: you got to so. give the guy time to do what he does. I mean, unless. T. Boone Pickens walks in there with a blank check and says, Hey, where do you guys want this? And I'll write whatever it takes to get it built by the end of the year. Then you got to let the process run its course. Okay. You just Mm got to let it happen. We don't have billionaires lining up to cut infinite amounts of checks, just to circumvent timelines and, you know, rush everything, every stage to the quickest that it can go. We just have to let it happen.
1: All right. uh, Kyle Hamlin whose handle is at thundering turd and the number <laughs> the number caught one caught me off
0: guard with that one
1: <laughs> at thundering turd and the number one oh boy <laughs> which player on the football team do you think can be our lightning in the bottle other than Ali
0: uh you take this one first
1: all right so I actually think that it could be Brian Robinson and um it's just a little bit of a feeling. Uh, It's the speed, the size. Uh, I don't know when I think of lightning in a bottle, because, you know, KD mentioned that very phrase earlier in this show, I think of wide receivers, the, the mercurial wide receiver. You see it all the time in the pros and the college game, just the game changer, the burner, the guy that, I mean, because let's face it. It's a, it's a lot, easier, you know, to outrun when you don't have the ball, just run a go route and blow past some people instead of getting in the backfield and having to go through 11 different guys before you get into open field. You know, so uh you get a guy that can uh take that bomb once twice a game, even if it's not for a touchdown, but it stretches the field. I think that's lightning in a bottle. And I think that that's a game changer. And I think that's the question you're going for.
0: Yeah. At the outset, I would say if your expectation for <clears throat> Rashin Ali, no matter how great he is this year, is for him to put up 19 touchdowns again, I think that's a little bit of an outrageous expectation because that's just a lot of scoring out for one guy to have to do. Now, is he capable? Yeah, he just did it. So he can do it yeah. again. But uh, I'm not sure that, you know, we're looking to try to run an offense that's going to make him have to score 19 times. You know, if it happens, mm-hmm. it happens. But I don't think we're going to have to need that to happen. Now, to that point, who is who can be the lightning in the bottle for 2022 in addition to uh, Rasheen Ali? Not in, uh, not, in lieu, not in lieu of, but in addition to. I love the pick of Brian Robinson. I think that's a great pick. Um, I think that a healthy – Talit Keaton can be that guy 100% because we saw that out of him before the injury in the early going of the season. And we've seen that in the return game for the past number of seasons. So Mm -hmm. if he can stay healthy, if he is uh, able to get some good chemistry going with QB one, whether that be uh, Columbia or um, um, any of the other, you know, Cam Fancher or uh, any other, of the guys that come out to lead the pack, then the sky's the limit for a number of these wide receivers. Um, Harrison, uh, Gamage, I mean, Gamage has all the measurables that you want to be a complete mismatch every down he's on the field, period. I mean, you just can't teach, you know, six foot three type stuff. But um, that's, that's the guy for me too. It's, it's either Brian Robinson or it's um, Talit Keaton. I'm going to give the edge to Keaton because he's been here he knows, uh, but uh, along the same lines, everybody's working with a new QB this year. Mm-hmm. Um, if we're only talking about offense, okay, uh, let's not count out LeBourne as well. He has the ability to be the real knockout when Ali needs a break, and or the defense is worn down a little bit, and now you got to deal with both of these guys who are just incredibly talented. If we're just talking about offense, give me those guys. If you want a defensive guy that had that can be the impact player, game in and game out, he's already we've already seen this for a number of years. But to take it to the next level, give me Eli Neal. I mean, this yeah. dude is an all all conference first team slam dunk pick preseason. I don't I don't care who you, what you know what league you want to <coughs> do, conference USA or Sunbelt. He is he is that special. So those are my picks.
1: Good picks. Uh, Christian White, and the handle is at Christian, the number one, White, says, I'd ask, do we have a chance of making the top 25 and maybe top 15 this year?
0: A chance? Sure. Some yeah. Bell teams have been doing it.
1: I'm going to put us at 60% chance to be top 25 and – chance to be top 15. And that's not being pessimistic. The voters really do not want a Sunbelt G5, any, any conference that's not power five elite being up there in that top 15. Absolutely. We talked about the 99 herd that didn't get up to there until very, 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 very late in the year. And if you have one
0: game that you lose, you're gone. Yeah. Um, so they have a they have an excellent opportunity to be top twenty five, even with a loss, provided that loss is Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Um,
1: if the, if they win that Notre Dame game on the road, and you know they go into the Sun Belt, uh, the conference schedule at four and I think they'll be ranked twenty five, uh, at at the very least. And I think if they rattle off a couple of wins, including the Wednesday midweek game against Louisiana, I think you'll see them in the top 15. But it's it's going to be a lot of stuff has to happen. I mean, not everyone goes into Notre Dame and wins. You know, it's, uh,
0: it's going to be tough. I think a top 25 bid is, I don't want to say easily doable because you still got to win – yeah. 11 games, 10 games, depending on who those losses are. And one of those losses has to be Notre Dame. I mean, it yeah. can't be really anybody else uh, and another loss. But, you know, the one thing to think about is you, have, you see a number of uh, Belt teams in the top 25 last year. So there is, a, there is an opportunity there for these late-season matchups against Coastal Carolina or Appalachian State to be top 25 matchups so that you could still lose that and potentially still hang around in the top 25. You know, if, if Marshall is a, you know, the number 19 team and app state's the number 21 team or something like that. And app, app state ends up beating the herd at home or something like that. You might see that Marshall stay in there right at the 25 spot because it was a top 25 matchup. Uh, so top 25, I feel like if you win 10 games, uh, you can do it. And, and your loss is going to have to be to Notre Dame. Um, and and to another ranked sunbelt team in order to maintain a top 25 uh, more Agreed. than two more than two losses no chance no chance um next question heard thoughts
1: at heard thoughts which is a great they, account
0: by the way I don't know if you yeah. follow them that's a great account
1: <laughs> and uh, true to their uh, their twitter <laughs> handle name they came out with a great question of do you think technology will be the cause of humanity's future problems <laughs> Or will technology be the solution to humanity's future problems? Also, do you think we should throw the kitchen sink and do everything possible to win the Notre Dame game to go
0: for a quote special season <laughs> quote special season? Uh, yeah, number one, yes, technology will be the downfall. What is, what was the term? How did you say it? Uh, Humanity,
1: cause the cause of humanity's future problems. Yes, technology will will undoubtedly be
0: the cause of tech of humanity's uh, future problems. Yes,
1: I think that I think that that is best answered (laughs) to paraphrase Homer Simpson when he said beer, the cause and solution to all of life's problems. Technology (laughs) is in that, uh, that mold. Um, you know, I from the industry that I'm in, you know, technology has advanced it. Great. And then the one little time that one small little thing happens to the computer, everything goes downhill. Yeah. Um, we've seen with social media how toxic it can be. Uh we've also seen how it has, you know, furthered and connected us in ways that we never could have imagined 10 to 15 years ago. So yeah. I know that was a kind of a joke. <laughs> the joke tongue-in-cheek deal, thing. But, yeah. But <laughs> When you ask a question to the Thundercast pod, we're going to answer. We're
0: going to answer the damn thing.
1: <laughs> and, and the next part of that, the two part is, uh, do you think we should throw everything at them? I do. Uh, a lot of people before they go into the conference will say, you know, well, we don't want to show them everything. I I think that we have to. And I think Huff is of the mindset uh, of, you know, let's put points on the board. why not us? let's go up and make a statement. and i truly truly believe that we're not going to be holding back uh, for anything. i think the kitchen sink will definitely be thrown if there's any kind of opportunity. now if we're getting blown out, we have a couple of early turn turnovers and stuff like that, we may not, you know, see trick plays and this and that, but if we're close and we have a chance to win, absolutely they are going to go for everything humanly possible.
0: Well, I think we've heard uh, Coach Huff say exactly what Marshall was going to be. It didn't matter if they were up 40 points or down 40 points. They were going to be Marshall, and they were going to try to run their offense. They were going to play their defense. And, yeah, you got to be careful. with things. Like, if you're getting blown out by 50 points or whatever, and it's the second quarter, I'm not saying this is going to happen, obviously. We're just – presenting a scenario well you're you can still try to run your offense but you can do it with the twos you know you can get some of these younger players I mean what what better uh arena to go into as far as hostility goes than in the South Bend Indiana on the road against Notre Dame in that environment and put a kid in there when you know the game is basically lost it's out of hand you're there's no way you're going to come back and to let him get that experience in front of that crowd, in front of those opposing players, that is going to be exponentially beneficial against Georgia State, you know, against Southern Mississippi at some point down the road. So, yeah, you have to do that. But the second thing I got to say is I don't think we have to say this. I think Herm Edwards said it all those years ago. You play to win the game. You don't play just to play. So if mm-hmm. they signed this contract thinking Marshall was just going to have this fun trip up to South Bend and go in and take a butt whooping and be happy that they got it and take their check and go home, I don't think they know who this coaching staff is, who these players are, and what this university is. We're going to yeah. go in there looking to win. If we can there's not a player
1: on this team that's going up there to just be wide eyed at Notre Dame yeah. and say, ah, oh, I just wanted to come and see the stadium. They want to go up there and beat Notre Dame's yeah. butt. And, and say, we won at Notre Dame.
0: Yeah, how do I mean, that's how you get on the radar on a national level immediately. Marshall goes in and, be, and shocks Notre Dame in, uh, in South Bend when nobody's going to give you a chance, you know, nobody. And I don't give a rip if they have, you know, 10 turnovers in the game and that's how the herd ends up. Day, hey, that's a game of football, right? But we could easily go in there and punch them in the mouth and they're not like, man, what the heck just happened? Who is this team? Like what the heck? You know, yeah. so you, you play to win the game. And and Huff and, and, and Trickett and you know Gidry and, and Bill Leg and all these guys, they know this is an excellent opportunity to put Marshall instantly at the top of Belt talking points. You know, mm-hmm. Marshall went in and year one in the Sunbelt and beat Notre Dame. Bam! Yeah. Oh my god, we've got to really pay attention to Marshall. Holy crap, what what is going yeah. on in Huntington? Yeah. yeah, you've got to throw the kitchen sink at him.
1: All right, next question comes from Kyle Walker. It's at Kyle, W-A-L-4288-6339. It's a uh, two-tweet question. So, curious on your thoughts about actions our new president and AD need to do to heal the vast majority of the fan base. I think it's obvious that the last people to hold those same positions made more blunders than not in the eyes of the fan base and thus created many hard feelings. Second tweet expands on it says, I know you guys push the big green and rightfully so based upon what it should be. However, this function seems to have lost its way in recent years under the current management. Curious to get your thoughts. Also, would a, quote, management sanitation, end quote, get the big green back on track? We said in our very first Welcome to the Thundercast uh, podcast, our very first episode, that this show would not be all sunshine and rainbows, and we were not an official uh, word of the administration and we're not dodging questions like Kyle's here. Um, I truly believe that facing reality for any business organization, whatever, is the best thing that they can do. And the reality is there are people that Kyle is referencing here that feel like they have been wronged in whatever way. One of the big ones... That gets talked about a lot is the reseeding plan that happened. You mm-hmm. know, a lot of people got alienated by that. Um, there are people that feel like they don't get representation from the big green. You know, um, there are issues, and any organization that wants to be better needs to address any issues. But we also have to understand that you are not going to be able to please 100% of the people, no matter what is done, there are going to be some people that won't be satisfied or some bridges that cannot be mended. Um, so what are your thoughts?
0: Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's apparent to me that at least this new administration is uh, attempting to mend some fences. They're trying to be more approachable. They're trying to be um, better listeners, you know? Um, and if that, you know, we have to let the, these tenures unfold to see ultimately how we'll be able to um, prove if they actually did that or if they were just listening. You know, if, they sure. ta- if they're taking into account these suggestions or listening to the ideas or, or if it's just lip service, so to speak. So we, we won't know that until probably several years down the road. Uh, but yeah, it's, you go back and you talk about the uh, reseating policy and that was a big deal for a lot of people and it didn't affect me really because, uh, you know, I, I was able to keep the same seats that I'd always had and it, it, it. But I understood that there were people that had had certain seats since literally the day the stadium opened that lost those mm. seats. And I don't think that that was a a good a a good look you know for the herd at that particular time um it was very much a it gave the look to the to to the general fan base i mean like i said it didn't affect me but it gave the look to me that um all of a sudden we cared more about who could make a donation than the people that had shown up for 25 years and sat in those seats and that was um that was kind of crappy that was just a bad that was like oh man you know i'm probably never going to be that guy that can you know, write you a fifty thousand dollar check. You know, that's not cool. But I'll show up and set my seats every week. You know, mm-hmm. I'm that guy. So, you know, to to have that sort of reaction to where like that didn't matter as much necessarily, um, uh, was a bummer. You know, it's a real bummer. And um then you you can fast forward a couple of years uh down the road. And there were some comments made, if you remember that, you know, the, the fan base was pretty much thrown under the bus on a like a call in show. And, yeah. and that really, really put a rift in a lot of people's uh, feelings towards Marshall. And, and um, probably some of those folks got over it fairly quickly. Some of those folks, uh, you know, probably did what they felt they needed to do for the remainder of that season, and then they came back the next season. Maybe some of those folks just were like, you know what, that's the last straw, I'm not doing it. Yeah. But I do feel like, at least from this early tenure, that Christian Spears uh, has identified what this fan base is, if that makes sense. You know, we're, you know th- this isn't Alabama. This is Huntington, West Virginia you got to identify where the passions lie, what the capabilities are of your average fan, how you can make the experience more enjoyable, how you can recruit those people that are fence sitters. And I think all of these things are, you know, under a microscope right now. And how can we bring back more of those fans like me that can't write the $50,000 check? and we're trying to help with that you know we're like you said we're not affiliated with with the athletic department like they don't we're we're not employed by them or anything like that but from a fan's perspective i could really it doesn't i don't really let it affect me that you know some of these decisions were made in the past because i want to focus on what i can do to help our current student athletes that's why i want to be a member of the big green. That's why I want to buy season tickets instead of single game tickets you know I'd like whether I can go or I can't go, it's it's kind of irrelevant right because my butt being in that seat well, even though I want to go and I want to have my butt in that seat, I want to ensure that my money goes to the athletic department to provide for our athletes whether I can be there or not. so, so I, try, mm-hmm. I try to look at these things in a different lens. but um, I, I think that you know um, President Brad Smith, um, athletic director christian spears head coaches charles huff grassy you know kemper dan tony all these guys that are part of the the, that are the movers and shakers and decision makers um have a good outlook on what the fan perspective is now versus uh, you know the previous regime i tell you a term that i that i don't hear as much uh, this is not one that I really use when, when talking about coachings and hirings and firings and all that stuff. But just in my general um, observations and, and conversations and things maybe that I see on the social media or on a message board or whatever, I don't hear the term or see the term good old boy network nearly as much as I used to. And mm-hmm. that seems like what the what fans had locked in on of what the previous regime was. And it felt like there, nothing that those guys were going to do was going to deviate that thought process, whether it, yeah. whether it was or wasn't part of it. But I just don't hear it now. So that in yeah. and of itself tells me that, that the, fan, the average fans or a big chunk of the fan base or, or at least the, the vocal fan bases on the uh, interwebs uh, are viewing these regimes quite differently. So uh, what do you think about that this change in leadership before we get into the big green question? we
1: uh we had a good story that highlighted what I think Brad Smith is about, you know and it was uh, episode six, if I'm remembering correctly, where uh, you know the eight year old boy was you know at the uh, at the game uh, yep and uh, he remembered his name and he went back there like he said he was and he got him over to, to talk to coach Huff and get the photos. And he was even the guy taking the photos, president Brad Smith. So I think that approachability, uh, is huge. And the, the just taking time for the fans, but I think too what both of them can do to answer Kyle's question, president and AD, they need to, uh, one, do away with the well it's always been done that way yeah and i'm not suggesting that they would ever do it but you see it in businesses organizations top to bottom all the time we've always done it that way yeah you you've got to be able to think out of the box you've got to be able to say hey can we turn this on its ear you know who cares if we've always done it that way are we getting the results that we could get just because we've always done it that way or should we do this? One of the things that that I'll mention specifically is we've been doing things a certain way for a certain amount of times, and we have three thousand ish big green members.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, so I don't think anyone is satisfied with that number. But
0: know? what are we doing differently? Right? Yeah.
1: So so maybe that's what is needed: is new voices, new uh even if it's the same people doing things drastically different mm-hmm. now um i I don't know that Christian Spears is going to do what Kyle's saying here, you know uh, a management sanitation. Um, I don't know if anything like that would happen, but I think that no one would be doing the best service that they could if they didn't go in and say we've only got 3000. Why, what can we do differently? And I feel like if they answer the question of, well, we've pissed off a lot of our uh, fan base, Mm -hmm. you know, perhaps they need to change why that is, you know, and I don't know, I'm, I'm not in that boat, you know? Um, So I can't answer from experience, but I do know that I have a lot of friends that have told me uh, that they have with no specific details is like i've just had a bad experience mm-hmm. you know so it's out there and that's the reality like we said you know this show's not always going to be a hundred percent we're not homers or anything so well uh, I'm, I think, I'm a
0: homer in the sense that i want to see the best result for our athletic department you know yeah, what but I mean?
1: you don't but you don't turn a blind eye and say, Oh, we're the best at everything. No, we're no, no, no. We're the we're the best fundraisers ever. Right. You know, we're we're firing on all cylinders. It's obvious that we're not, right? Right. And I and I don't think that anyone is satisfied with three thousand-ish, I don't know what the number is right now, big green members. And that's one of the reasons you and I are not satisfied with that number. We have been trying to talk to people about Hey, you know, join the big green. It's in Kyle's question here that we push the big green and rightfully so. So I think that internal reflection, people need to say, why is it this way? What can we do to make it better? Uh, But reaching out to all fans and including all fans and making them feel appreciated is got to be top of the list.
0: Mm Yeah. Uh, Yeah. As far as, uh, you know, what I don't I don't know if the question is, what can the big green do differently? I mean, I don't know. Excuse me. I don't know exactly what I'm uh, supposed to be answering here other than a management sanitation question. Like, do I think they should clean house? Not necessarily, because I think there are some. Uh, well-liked and, and respected people that are in positions in the big green already so to walk in and go all right you're all fired and we're bringing in all new people that that's not the quote that's not the answer and, you know and, and i don't losing, and i risk losing people yeah um. you do you do and i don't think that's what kyle is suggesting that they need sure. to do right. but I, I think it's more like look there's a handful of key positions that are you know, maybe he's not saying this, but I get the feeling that he's saying there are a handful of key positions that are underperforming or mm-hmm. aren't uh, reaching, you know, the right exploring the right avenues to, to meet some goals. So do we make do we need to make some changes there? I couldn't tell you, you know, um, all I can tell you is I get on this podcast once a week and I talk about why you should join the big green. I talk about Mm -hmm. how easy it is to join the big green. And I have a hard time wrapping my head around the fact that it's five freaking bucks. And you can't Mm -hmm. tell me that you can't reach 3000 more people to donate five bucks a month or 60 bucks a year, you know, on an auto draft so that you never have to renew. It just, it's a perpetual five bucks coming out all the time. I have a hard time believing that you can't figure out a way to do that. Um, one of the really successful things that they do is when they do, uh, the, the football season ticket things, right. And they do giveaways every week or whatever mm-hmm. through the renewal period. I think that's something that they should probably explore monthly, you know, all year long, like also yeah. in perpetuity, you know, have a monthly big green giveaway so that every single person that is a big green donor is just eligible to win just whatever and you don't you know you don't have to be excluded for six months after you win dude if you win 12 times in a row then you win 12 times in a row right mm-hmm. but you know people love free stuff and let, let's face it marshall's got so much stuff laying around that they can you know incorporate into some of these giveaways it doesn't have to be huge big ticket items but every month you know i mean it might be you know a, a a set of tickets to a game or a set of this to that, or, or, you know, we have an equipment sale. You're going to give away a Jersey. You're going to give away a a pair of basketball shorts, whatever. I mean, this is stuff that you have already and just to do monthly giveaways or, you know, a a couple of month or something like that, just to keep people joining the big green. I mean, I, I feel like that's just one idea that you could do to continually try to grow people and get them to join the big green. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as a management sanitation, eh, I don't know that I go that far. I think I would have to, you know, if, if I were the AD or if I were the decision maker in charge of this avenue I think I would have to have the tough conversation. And it's like, what are we doing? What, why yeah. are, why are we not growing or yeah, you know, why, why are I'm, we not growing? Yeah. It's it, that, but that's natural. You, you like, yeah. it, your boss has had that conversation with you. You know, why, why aren't these goals yeah. being met? And, and it's, it's not a conversation anybody wants to have, but it's inevitable if you're stagnant as far as your overall growth. Yeah. So if you're hovering around 3000 and you're never getting above that and you're just right there, forever it seems like then what what, something's something's got to give something's got to give and i do have to say uh major props uh
1: to ryan crisp who has dealt with us uh you know with messages and you know we we said hey we here's a goal that we would like to do and gave us some you know oh you can do this and that um easily the most approachable person you know, uh, over there at the big green that I have personally dealt with Mm -hmm. now, other people may not even know, you know, Ryan and his new goal, but I know that he reached out when I renewed my big green, when I had never spoken to him before and just sent me a personal thank you note via email of thank you for, uh, renewing the big green. And that went a long way to me. And then, you know, I've reached out with questions and he's answered them. Um, so I think what he's doing is great. And I think that if everyone can do that and get that same experience, we all want to have great customer service. So when we reach out and someone responds or we reach out or they reach out to us and thank us for being donors or whatever Mm -hmm. it goes a long way you know and 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 how we feel so i've got to give some kudos to ryan uh he is kind of fresh into that specific position i think it was last fall and uh i've been impressed like i said with how approachable he is i'm gonna i'm
0: gonna put him on the spot okay and i'm gonna say if you're a fence sitter who's like man i don't know about going back to the big green i don't know like i was burned once before whatever the case may be you're iffy about it. Contact Ryan Crisp directly and give him an opportunity to give you the customer service that you think uh, the big green should be about, and and give him the opportunity to show you uh, that the big green can be for you. Uh, just just do that before you make your final decision. Like, nah, I'm not doing it. Forget that, man. I don't. Give him an opportunity to show you why, and um, you know, treat you like a donor. You know, if you give mm-hmm. five bucks, you should at least be treated with the, the respect that a donor should be treated with, right? Because yeah. I'm, I'm, I am never going to be able to write you a hundred thousand dollar check. And if all I can give you is five bucks, then I at least want you to say, Hey man, appreciate it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. that helps. Every five bucks helps every 60 bucks a year helps because yeah. that might make me want to give you 10 bucks next year or 25 sure. bucks the year after that. So just give him an opportunity to sell you on the big green if you're just on the fence. Okay. Just do that before you flat say no.
1: And the last thing that I will say on this, uh, it's not Kyle's question, but we're talking about the big green and everything. I view it as the greater good. Uh, even if I were having subpar experiences as a big green member, which I'm not, but I, I view it as, Well, this is something that ultimately helps my alma mater and the teams that I care about and the athletes that are on the field. So that is just personally why I do it. Mm -hmm. I do understand, uh, I'll use the analogy of as a 2022 Cincinnati Reds fan, I have decided because of what their ownership said earlier in the year that I would not go there and spend a dime with them. I watch every game follow along all the stats, do everything, but I'm not going to Cincinnati stadium. I may go to Pittsburgh and watch the reds play up there. Uh, you know, I may go to another, uh, field, but I will not go to great American ballpark this year because I want to speak with my money. Mm -hmm. And will they miss it? Probably not. You know, I go to six games a year. They're not going to fold the team because I'm not going, but I do understand with that analogy why some people speak with their money and do not donate because they have had, you know, what they feel is a bridge that was burned. So all we're asking on this show is that everybody keep an open mind and uh, they are amenable to somebody trying to repair that bridge and that we hope that people will take initiative to try and repair that.
0: Yeah. If, if they're there to attempt to fix whatever has spurned you before, be open-minded enough to listen. Don't just close Mm -hmm. them out. Cause I mean, and and I'm with you, like uh, I I have never had a a negative experience with the big green, but I always look at it as this is for the athletes. So why am Mm -hmm. I, why, you know, I'm not going to, not support our athletes and there are some people that go well when they start winning again i'll support them well i mean it that's a chicken and egg thing (laughs) you know like you got to have the funding to be more competitive and you got to be more competitive to win games so somebody's got to who's the chicken and who's the egg you know give five bucks and then (laughs) let's go from there
1: (laughs) all right our final question comes from jed horton and it's at jed horton it says, as Marshall expands its program offerings, should a law school be pursued, or are there better slash different programs to attract students and grow enrollment? You want to take
0: that? Do you want me? I mean, I have strong feelings on uh, on uh, Marshall and Same. the law school. Huge. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just find it borderline laughable that a university named after the longest tenured Supreme Court justice doesn't have a freaking law school. A yeah, that's just it's unfathomable to me. <laughs> I mean, it just is. But uh, we talk about Marshall being uh, proactive and adding um, newer careers. For, uh, you know, like the, the, the flight school, the school of pharmaceuticals, the engineering schools, like all these schools that will cybersecurity that will churn out um, graduates and alumni that will move into higher paying careers that will hopefully down the road in turn turn into uh, donors and athletic donors and all that kind of stuff. So, so, you know, I mentioned this with Trace, you know, we you can go anywhere just about and become a teacher and become, or become a nurse. And those are critical and vital to this society, but it doesn't differentiate you, right? Mm -hmm. You have to basically want to come to Marshall. If you're going to be a teacher, you have to just also just want to come to Marshall, you know? Yeah. Um, Marshall needs a law school period. And Mm -hmm. here's, here's my easiest, um, you know, connect the dots to why. A, you get a law school. What are you churning out? Attorneys, lawyers. lawyers. Uh, by and large, what do, um, what are politicians? Some form of attorney or lawyer or something like that. So then you have politicians that then go to the state um, uh, legislature and you have representatives in Charleston that are making decisions on funding and things like that. And the more Marshall people you have, the more martial funding that you're going to get. So Mm -hmm. if you want to look at it that way, that's why it's extremely critical that they get a law school. You can start making inroads in Charleston in legislative sessions and start steering potentially more funding away from Morgantown and to Huntington, which is what we need to have. As long as we have a, a, a minute voice in Charleston, we're going to have a minute share of the funding. So that's the quickest, easiest dots that I can draw as to why we need a law school. And there are a myriad of other reasons, but just for in-state purposes, it's law school, lawyers, potential politicians, legislative representatives, funding for the school. Bam. That's what you need to have.
1: Not that it was surprising, but you stole some of my thunder because I I think pretty much anyone that looks at it understands this. The reason that we do not have a law school right now is WVU does not want us to have a law school. Why? Why? it would affect their pocketbook Yeah, because right now they're the only game in the state. Well, guess what? They're three to three and a half hours North uh, and they are closer to the Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Maryland, that area up there. We have people right now in this area that may not want to go up there. Maybe they want to continue it at Marshall, but it's not just about the people in this area. I've heard a lot of different people argue There's not enough sustainable people to enter law school here. Well, there are people that are going to Michigan and everything from here that maybe they would come rather stay here. There are people that may travel from other states and probably would to come here. And especially if you have an accredited law school, and I'll use the analogy because I'm familiar with it, the W. Page Pitt School of Journalism here at Marshall. It is very well respected, okay? If we had not had a journalism program here, but they had one at WVU or Lexington or wherever, and they said, well, we just can't have one there, we would be missing out on all the good stuff that the journalism department is cranking out Mm -hmm. here. So we are missing out on all of that. and. We're not hurting. It's an excuse that WVU and they lobby on it hard. Trust me. But you've got WVU lawyers predominantly doing what you're talking about. They're in the legislature in Charleston making the decision based on they want their alma mater to continue to get bigger and ours to continue to get smaller. Because if they had it their way, they would just have WVU take over Marshall and have it be a satellite campus. Of course. So they could get all the money. Of course. You know, fold that, fold those athletic programs and divert the money up there.
0: Yeah. Do you want to be WVU Huntington? No, you do not. Yeah.
1: And so that, that is the only reason why right now that we do not, it's not that we couldn't sustain it. Of course we could you know, we're, we're not going to go in and not do feasibility studies and stuff like that. I mean, why would we go in and just say, uh, you know what we don't have, uh, engineering now they have a great one at tech and all that, which is now bridge uh, Valley or whatever. But, you know, we didn't just go in and say, ah, uh, you know what? We don't have one. I want to have one. No, they went in and put in a very, very, very nice facility. Yep. And it's going to continue to grow. It's uh, You and I both know on a personal level that they did not have all of the uh, uh, up front, all of the different majors that some of the people in engineering wanted to have. And they had to transfer elsewhere. But it's coming and growing. And I think now some of those are here. So it would be the same thing with me is. You know, why would we have to send people up to WVU, to Ohio State, to wherever, like Better Call Saul at American Samoa, you know, (laughs) Uh, why do we have to send them off when we could have an opportunity right here, you know, get the people that would make this the best law school in the area and everything will fall into place. They are just
0: scared that they're going to lose some of their pie, and that's it. So for a sports fan, it's the exact same reason you don't want a playoff expansion. The SEC doesn't want playoff expansion. They don't want to share the wealth. They don't want to give anybody else an opportunity. They want to hoard it all. They're greedy, and they want to maintain the stranglehold. Right now, students that want to stay in West Virginia don't have a choice. They have to go to Morgantown. So what if they had a choice? Maybe some of them wouldn't go to Morgantown. You think, look, we're going to talk I'm going to talk about my our buddy, Steve New. If Marshall has yeah. a law school, does he go to WVU for law school? Hell no. He stays right here in Huntington. That's right. And you know
1: what people are not looking at too is they're saying, "Well, they're still staying in state and that state so, funds and all that." Not all of them are. I know people that went to Marshall and then they went elsewhere to law school and it wasn't WVU.
0: Right. Right.
1: We know people in that situation, but we're not getting there are people that aren't going to WVU that might go to Marshall that didn't go to Marshall for undergrad.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: There's money being left on the table. That's true. Right. And it's to me, there is zero reason except for when you look at it and it's 87 percent or whatever WVU people you know making the decisions in the state and you've got gordon gee flying down not driving flying down on the state's dime yeah to charleston to lobby to get more for wvu and that's happening several days a week i mean come on man yeah you know So I think, uh, to go back to Kyle's question about what can the president do? I think that's one of the things that you're going to see Brad Smith doing is, uh, you know, this is not a pushover guy and he's a guy with a long history of, uh, you know, getting stuff done. And I, I would say that you're going to see some inroads being made up in Charleston, Via Brad Smith.
0: Yeah, and and for all the good things that uh, former President Jerry Gilbert did. He's well-liked on campus. He did a lot of good things. But you know how it is being from West Virginia. He's an mm-hmm. outsider. He was right. an outsider. And Brad Smith yeah. is a West Virginia-born guy. So he's yeah. an insider. He's uber successful. His resume speaks for itself. I mean, if by now you don't know what the guy has done in his career, then where you been. But – He's not an outsider. So he's going to walk into Charleston probably for with more credibility than Jerry Gilbert ever had. I, it, whether that's a good thing or, or whether you see that as just a bad thing, it's just my take on it because he's a West Virginia guy with just as much influence and power for the position that he's in. But he wasn't, he wouldn't be considered an outsider guy. Right. So yeah. it's just, I don't think, not that. I don't want to downplay anything that Gilbert did because he did a good job. He did. You know, he was well liked. A lot of people wanted to keep him around. But this is Brad Smith is a guy that I feel like will gladly go eyeball to eyeball with Gordon Gee and not bat an eye, you know, and say, all right, let's do this. We're in the arena now. Let's let's roll, you know. Uh, when you get to a certain level, uh, you know, in business, it becomes more, to me, it becomes very personal. It becomes about winning. Can I beat, can I win at the deal? You know what I mean? And it's less about the, the what's at stake and more about the, the, the will to win. And that's a lot like a, like a star athlete, the, the greatest athletes of all time. It's about their hunger to win and their will to win more so than the contract that they're getting or, or whatever the case may be. Um, but yeah, there it's just un I think it goes without saying, Marshall, if they don't need anything else, they need a freaking law school. Mm-hmm. Without a doubt. Make it happen. Heard lawyers in 2023. Let's roll. You know, I like this,
1: this uh mailbag. Pretty uh, good. Yeah. It was uh good questions came in. Thank you to everyone that sent stuff in. Uh maybe we'll do this again in the future.
0: Uh, but That wraps us up. And now we're going to take it around the herd. All right. Let's see what we got here. It's got to be, you know, no more games. So we got to we got to have uh, some good recruiting news. We probably getting into thick of camp season. So let's let's lay it on me. Where are we starting?
1: All right. So uh, volleyball has camped this week. Uh, My daughter is hoping to be attending that if everything uh, works out as we hope she'll be able to go in the morning. Um, but that'll be uh, they have it for either one individual day, whichever one you want each week, or you can go to all five. But that's uh, this week, cool.
0: Uh, yeah, let, let's uh, I don't know how many, if any, of the volleyball coaches or whatnot uh, follow the show or even listen to the show or follow the account or whatever. I mean, we do try to retweet them mm-hmm. when they put stuff out, we're trying to support them too. So, um, if you happen to see this, um, sweet little 10 year old brown headed mm-hmm. beauty rolling through the gym. Uh, it, it may be Miss Living good. coming. Yeah. If it. there's
1: someone that goes up and talks to every single person and doesn't have, <laughs> doesn't have uh, a bad thing to say about anyone or knows a stranger, that would be her. Um, <laughs> but just to clarify this camp is for eight to 12 year olds i think it is and it's a beginner's class and uh if you're listening to this uh when it drops you know the first day will already be over uh but maybe you get to go later on in the week send your kids or whatever but you can apply on on herd zone right there or if you find the link on twitter you know it's uh very easy just fill out the form uh, it's from 9 a.m to 2 p.m every day and uh, then they take an hour for lunch uh during that as well. yeah
0: pretty cool opportunity get out there and uh meet some of these athletes meet some of these coaches um find another sport to support you know the herd get get some uh get another team to, to rally behind this season these camps yeah. are
1: cool man uh so Speaking of camps, uh, going around the herd, soccer, and this will be women's and men's uh, for the same camp, and it'll be in two different locations. Of course, you got here at Hoops Field and also at the Shawnee Sports Complex up there near Charleston. Cool. Uh, at Institute is actually where it is. I think that's where it is. Yeah. I think I it's at Shawnee. Uh, well, I mean, not that Shawnee is an institute, but I think the camp is at Shawnee. <laughs> I, should, I should clarify for anyone listening. I'm fairly certain that's where it is. Uh, Katie can uh, fact check me there, but uh, this uh, is also a good camp. Uh, you're talking about we're not that far removed, a little over a year from this program winning the national title. You know, so if you want to get some really, 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 really good
0: uh, <laughs> coaching, yeah, I don't think you can you can go wrong here. Yeah, you know, once a national champion, always a national champion. Uh, the star will never come off of the crest. So, uh, what do you? What else do you need to say? I mean, Huntington and the surrounding area just has turned into this little bit of a soccer hotbed, even in uh the uh, high school ranks and stuff like that so uh, get out to these camps i mean where what other scenario are you thinking without traveling like hours and hours away are you going to get tutelage from national championship coaches and uh, probably some players a little bit maybe uh, around i know some of those guys are in like a summer league right now Um, they're playing in and around charleston and stuff i've been trying to keep up with that a little bit but uh You know, for these camps, maybe some of them, especially the ones uh, down at uh, Shawnee, maybe some of those guys will pop in, you know, Mm -hmm. and uh, help out. So, you know, sign up for these camps, man. Support these camps. Get out there and, and um, you know, find another team to cheer for. Get some excellent uh, coaching for your your young men and young women if they're into soccer, into volleyball um, and football and stuff like that. So, got to get behind these things.
1: Uh, over in women's basketball, we got a couple of administrative moves. Maggie Stanley became the new director of operations. Congratulations to Maggie. And we talked a little bit about that or retweeted it and everything. Some good discussion on, on that. She was uh, uh, speaking about that and how joyed she was for that. Haley Moore is new grad assistant for the team. And we retweeted that out as well. And the big news, you know, we started talking about transfers and recruiting and on various shows, but it didn't hit me until they came out and said the number they're bringing in eight new players for this year's team. Yeah. Yeah. And two of them were recruited uh, from here locally. And then six, if I'm counting them up right from the transfer portal. Yeah. So, just a drastic overhaul of the team, eight of 13, I think it is.
0: It is. I mean, we've, you know, we've talked about uh, some of the departures from the team and what was uh, Kemper and staff going to do to uh, mitigate the losses and, uh, you know, or put the herd in a better position for this season moving forward. And eight new players is not a number. Not a number that I thought I was going to see, but man, um, talking about attacking the transfer portal, talk about attacking the high school ranks here in uh, the state of West Virginia. Uh, I believe they've checked a lot of boxes, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, they brought in some scores, they brought in some role players, they brought in some really experienced players that have played division one ball for a number of years you know and you've got that mix of um, state champion high school players some other really talented in-state high school players uh this is an intriguing turnaround and an, an intriguing i don't want to call it a turnaround because they haven't played a game so what do you want a roster upheaval i guess you would call it this is an interesting um very fluid situation the roster moves and and how it's changed from 21 to 22 um some support staff has, has changed. And, you know, Rudy Evans has become an assistant coach and it's just a lot. It's a lot. So uh, hopefully in year one in the Sunbelt, this equates to much greater success than we saw in conference USA um, because it damn sure isn't going to be for lack of trying. So we, we posed the question, what would Tony Kemper do? And all he's done is gone out and basically turn around, turn over his entire roster and yeah, uh most made, of the staff. yeah and made some overhauls on the staff as well so uh yeah. if if anything you can definitely not say he's taken the offseason off, season off. <laughs> he That's has right. stayed busy and
1: the final team for around the herd is football program uh they had first uh camp there and uh everyone saw i'm sure on uh twitter uh Adam Pac-Man Jones, uh, you know, in martial gear. Yeah. Never thought you'd see that. I didn't. Uh, Was uh, bringing Chris Henry's son, Chris Henry Jr., uh, to the camp. But uh, it's good to see, saw a lot of, uh, you know, players throwing up, you know, tweets and stuff like that, that they were up here and looking forward to the camp and uh, saw a good quote by Lance Gedry. I don't know if you saw it or not on Twitter, but he said no highlight tapes were watched. It was all getting to see people play at full speed and doing the stuff. And he said,
0: pit bulls, not poodles. That's right.
1: No highlight tapes,
0: every down counted.
1: Yeah. You know, I mean, we see that a lot. You see someone's highlight tape. I don't know. You know, a lot of those are the, wide screen you know get to see the whole field and they have to the arrow point yeah. to the person because it's stuff game like film <laughs> yeah and you don't know what kind of competition like are they going up against you know the fastest player runs a four or eight you know you don't know uh so game uh highlights are meant to be or
0: they're highlights for a reason
1: yeah they're highlights for a reason they're they're, they're not going to show you, hey, you know, this offensive lineman got beat for eight sacks. They're going to show all the pancakes. That's so, right. Uh, it, it was good to see that quote, even though I know that's the mentality anyway. You know, it's just I, I, I'm a sucker for that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, uh, it, you're right. These are the one-day camps that started this month. They're going to run uh, all through the month of June on Sunday. And if I'm not mistaken, it's eighth grade through second year JUCO. So I guess you would be entering your freshman year. I don't know exactly what the cutoff is, but I'm going to say it's eighth grade through second year JUCO. All the information is on the links, um, you know, to, for the, the limits of who can be in the camp. You know, it's not for, like, little kids. This is, like, legit evaluation stuff. And uh, it, it's pretty cool. Uh, they Apparently all the, the guys from this year's class, this past signing class, uh, moved into the dorms today uh, or uh, maybe this weekend i don't know so a lot of them are now in huntington and it's time to start getting acclimated it's time to start getting acclimated to life in huntington life as a member of the thundering herd so you're going to see a lot of um, team building now because the majority the vast majority of the team is here Uh, so you're going to start to hear the reports of the weight room and the (laughs) and all that stuff and this is this is why this part of the year is why your strength and conditioning coach is so critical because that's the guy that is spending the lion's share of the time with these players for the next couple of months. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's essentially hands off for a lot of the, the coaching staff in in many capacities outside of the strength and conditioning staff. So, um, haven't been asked for A guy, that's been here for a couple of years, a guy that is, uh, well loved, you know, for, uh, By his players, uh, a new energy. I mean, I can't tell you the last time I saw a uh, strength and conditioning coach bust out jumping jacks at his introductory press conference. But hey, herd jacks. He Uh, was doing. Sorry, herd jacks. I I like what uh, uh, BA brings to the table, and I also like the fact that he's BA because that reminds me of. You know, B.A. Baracus, Baracus. bad attitude, Baracus, man. (laughs) From the from the A team for all you youngins that might not know what the heck I'm talking about. Uh, But yeah, I wonder, I wonder if they have to put him to sleep and hypnotize him (laughs) to fly on the (laughs) team player. Yeah, they're going to Hannibal. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, it's another thing that we're seeing a lot now is uh, a lot of offers are going out for the 23 class and things like that. So. You know, that time is starting to heat up. It's it's early offer time. We're seeing uh, offers for Marshall go out to some big-named guys uh, whose fathers they might recognize. You know, the Chris Henry Jr., Noel Devine's son. I saw him tweeting out that, you know, he, he never would have figured that it would have been Marshall, but here we go. Let's go herd. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, all these WVU guys that are Marshall's kind of the first mover on um, – and you know, Steve Sarkeesian, yeah, I was going to say that too. I was, I couldn't remember if it was Brady or Brody Sarkeesian. I can't, I might be wrong on both counts. Brady, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So it's, it's not just, uh, you know, the guys that are local to Huntington or Ohio or Virginia. You know, the, I mean, these guys are nationwide, right? We're going nationwide, and 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 Huff and these guys are not afraid to offer anyone that they think will help this team. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's going to be exciting to report on this herd, to cover this herd, to uh, see what pops out over the, over the course of the season. I love the way they recruit. I love that they're not shy about going after anybody. I love the fact that there are guys that are also eager to come here and compete in front of Huff and Trickett and Gidry and Leg and, you know, Shannon Morrison and Ralph Street and all these guys, they're like, I, I'm, I'm excited to go to herd camp, right? That's a big deal. You Get these yeah. guys on campus, you start showing them what you're all about. You start you letting them look around a little bit and they're like, Hey, I could I could come here, I could, I could see this. So um, camp season is always exciting, offer season is always exciting. <laughs> but uh, you know, seeing seeing some of the fruits of that effort start to pay off, uh, you know, with with this 2021 class in town, and, and we'll see what BA does with them over the summer, and then we get to start talking about two-a-days, and we got position group breakdowns. I'm starting to get all excited about football. So, whoo. Okay. Uh, let's wrap this bad boy. up. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So, um, only thing that I have for parting words is I, I really want to thank our sponsors. Uh, number one, 304 car has been with us since before day one, before the first episode, uh, Cannot thank those guys enough for believing in us and allowing us to do what we have grown to so far. We're up over 530 some on Twitter, people that that follow us and 125 on Facebook with just a little bit of overlap. And uh, they helped make this possible. So please show them some love, go to their Facebook page, And like and follow along they have some good information there on if you've ever been involved in a wreck you may read that information and go man maybe i should have done it this way so don't get caught like that again go to 304carrec.com and uh, those guys will take care of you also want to uh thank ignite link our newest uh sponsor for the five things other than that that's all i got man it's just uh Come back into it from Topsail, you
0: know? Yeah, uh, refreshed and uh, re- hit the reboot button and ready to rock and roll. It's going to get busy real soon. Uh, parting words for me is like, I to say everybody that submitted a question to us to, to ponder over and to discuss with each other has been really fun. I, you know, it's always a wild card when you decide to do this because are people going to take it seriously uh, and even want to participate or are they going to throw you a bunch of softball, you know, questions that you can crank out of the park but no you guys hit us with some stuff that we had to have a hard opinion on and it may or may not be well received and i'm willing to take whatever flat comes along with it because at the end of the day um i believe in what i'm saying you know as does russ and you know we told you it's not always going to be sunshine and rainbows there are situations that occur that are not happy and they and are not fun and you know, sometimes we, 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 are, we have to talk about that stuff to see if we can find solutions. So thank you to everybody that submitted a question. Um, I will say all you guys and gals or gals and guys, whoever, some of these users may be gals. I don't know that, you know, they're had behind, or they're, they're behind, uh, you know, a uh, Marshall sports fan. That, that could be a guy or a girl. I don't know. Um, but I'm going to link your user your Twitter usernames in the description uh, as a thank you for, um, you know, submitting a question. So if folks click the link. Uh, in the description of this episode, they're going to be able to, you know, copy and paste or whatever, and just, they'll have your Twitter handle so that you can, um, get it really easy. I'll also put out a tweet thanking all of you with your Twitter handles as well, so that you can, uh, get out there to all of our followers and maybe pick up a few followers of your own. Um, thanks again to 304 car wreck. I mean, we say it every week, but man, we, we would, we are really appreciative, appreciative of those guys. Um, and what they have uh, done for us to get this thing started and uh, ignite link. I mean, just as, just as a, a, a big, thank you co- goes to those guys because uh, you know, they're allowing us to do even more than we would have been able to do things. that are going to benefit a lot of folks as we move forward with the show. So thank you so very much to those guys. Um, you know, not that we're soliciting, so to say, so to speak for, uh, anybody else. But if you're interested, if you've got a business and you're like, Hey, I think I like the, I like the Thundercast. I want to see if I can get involved with that. Hit us in the DMS, man. I'm sure we can come up with something to, uh, help your business out or help your whatever out. You know, we, we, um, we said in the, from the beginning that we wanted to put a spotlight on locally owned businesses, businesses owned by Marshall alumni, you know, things like that. We want to help each other out. So, you know, hit us in our DMS. And if you're interested in, in, in helping, um, or being, uh, affiliated with the Thundercast in some capacity, I'm sure we can figure something out. Russ, it's really good to have you back with me. Uh, this, this show is, um, it, it, it's, it's such a different dynamic when, when you're around, man, it was cool to have trace with me last weekend because it was like, I even used the, the term getting the band back together because that's what it was like. You know, we podcasted together for four years and, and we hadn't, done a show together since last november and it was just really cool to touch base with him and have a conversation behind the mic again but you know having you back is uh that that dynamic that 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 i've come to really like uh so welcome back it sucks that you had to come back to the daily grind of life but hey Can't be on vacation forever. Well, unless you hit the Powerball. If you do, give me a call, though. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But uh, until next week, look, I didn't say this in the intro, but follow us on Twitter at Thundercast underscore pod and subscribe to the show. And please share the links with all your friends so we can continue to grow the listener base and bring you bring this information to even more of uh, the herd universe out there in the world. Uh, But until next time, Russ, take us out of here.
1: I didn't see you around Topsail, well, except for one one person that's listening. But uh, now I'll see you around the Joan. I'll see you around the Cam. I'll just see you here around Huntington. But wherever it is, we'll be saying go herd. Go herd. Later.